Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. This next guest for the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast probably needs no introduction, given the podcast he has been running for a number of years will definitely be something that you've no doubt been recommended on your um, preferred Spotify or Apple Tunes or even over on YouTube. This is Hisham Azuz, who is the founder of Recruitment Mentors and, like I say, fellow podcast host. And my goodness, we cover an awful lot in this concise interview today. So, settle down get buckle up and you're going to be listening today about some of the biggest surprises that he Shem has learned from interviewing for the last six years for the podcast what does he think the impact of chat gpt will have on our sector what does he Shem believe makes a good mentor in recruitment and what our leaders listening can do to ensure that they're keeping their teams engaged and retained so you are definitely in for a treat, whether you're starting out your recruitment career and you've only got a few months, whether you're a veteran like me, whether you're a leader looking to grow your business and scale up, or whether you're running a lifestyle business, all are good. You are going to get something from this episode. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And wow, have we got a coup today. We've stolen somebody, another big name who runs their own podcast. And I'm sure that if you're clicking on this link, you've done so because you already are fully aware of who this incredible person is that I've got so much time and respect for. And this has only taken, what, about 20, 20 months or something in the making for you to come on. So we would love to welcome to our global community today, Hisham Azuz, who is the founder of Recruitment Mentors and fellow podcast host and just general amazing human being. Welcome to today, Hisham. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I really appreciate the kind words and appreciate the invite. It's true. I mean, honestly, if anyone isn't fully aware of who you are, then where have you been hiding in the last few years? But for those who possibly don't know who you are, if they're maybe in some nook and cranny somewhere, just give us a brief synopsis of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, where a lot of people know me is uh, over the last nearly five years now, I've hosted um, a podcast which was really co originally called the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast, which is now the Recruitment Mentors Podcast, where every single week I sit down with either a high-performing recruiter or recruitment entrepreneur to sort of yeah deconstruct how they got to where they got to, what they learned along the way, um, and the challenges. Have over four hundred episodes. Would absolutely recommend checking it out. And then uh, the other thing that I do, that, which is the business that I'm building, is called Recruitment Mentors. And really, quite simply, that's an all-in-one training and development platform where we partner with ambitious recruiters uh, and recruitment founders who want to unlock the full potential of their teams. 
It's amazing. And you can see why I've invited Hisham on everyone. Um, and I would just like to say, I mean, I'm a huge um, devourer of podcasts. All I do is listen to podcasts pretty much sort of seven days a week when I'm walking and everything. And yours is an absolute go-to. I think you've had some tremendous guests on there. Uh, and what I like about your the whole culture of your podcast is that people do tend to share very honest, transparent and very vulnerable stories about their journeys. And I think that's what's kept people so connected. And you also haven't, you failed to mention, which you, you, I know you will do, your live shows, your live show in mm. uh, 2022 in Manchester. And I know that you've got some coming up and or have been in 2023. They're just brilliant where you actually get your guests to actually in front of a live audience. Brilliant. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot from the, the last one in the Manchester. Oh. Close the bar when we actually do the, the panel discussion is one yes. of the learnings. There was quite a lot of heckling. I have to say, I'm not particularly proud of my mank brethren you know come on have a bit of decorum no it was brilliant and you you know I think what is real testament is that you know that people genuinely want to be part of anything that you create because you you do just have you know um I think you've got the right intention and the right purpose of why you're doing these things and I love what the recruitment mentors is about so I'm pretty sure that from this episode today you're gonna hopefully um it will connect you to other leaders in the in the, in the globe um who want to do more to you know lock people in with the training and development that you mentioned the recruitment mentors does but also just go and listen to you know there's that's a real back catalog that 400 that's going some we're at almost 200 so I know that's a real lot of hard work that he's amazing so given that, and I'm glad that we've contextualized this at the start, I mean, you must have had some episodes where you've come off and thought, blimey, you know, was not <laughs> expecting that. And this is a really difficult thing to possibly answer, but I'm going to ask it you anyway. So from that sort of rear view mirror, what, ha what would you say some of your biggest surprise learns have been from some of the leaders that you've interviewed over the years? In 2022, Vincere joined forces with the Access Group. Vincere has always spoken openly about their ambition to becoming the recruitment operating system by partnering with a heavyweight who shares their vision of providing a single operating system for the front, middle and back office of recruitment firms. There are now no limits as to how far Vincere can take the platform and the experience they provide to their customers. Vincere will become the flagship CRM within Access Recruitment's portfolio of products. Same people, same platform, but with way more firepower. Now, Vincere is offering an exclusive deal for listeners of the Recruiters Recruitment podcast. If you want to know more information, send me a DM and we can introduce you. Yeah, so um, I think firstly, like when I started uh, the podcast nearly five years ago, like I was in the business of eight people and sort of when I had this idea and it was a bit of a hunch, I was willing to take action. The sort of initial response was very much like, why would other recruiters share? Mm -hmm. Other recruiters to benefit and obviously, yeah, you've been in the game much longer than me, but it's it's obviously uh, changed a lot. But I think the first sort of surprise is just the willingness uh, of people to uh, share their journey and their story um, and knowing that that will likely help other people in our industry. So I think firstly, sort of just the willingness to share of a lot of the people that uh, I sit down with because uh, historically our um, industry has been very sort of competitive with one another um but yeah just just a big believer that the more collaborating that we do um the more improving that we could do as a collective 
Um, so I think that that's the first thing. And then uh, I'll be honest, I think one of the most surprising things is that all of the people that I've sat down uh, with that have been massively successful would be people that um, don't, <laughs> don't, don't necessarily have anything particularly special. Which wow. I really like, Me too. in the sense that I don't know. I just think this is what's really cool about our, our in, about our industry: the fact that um, there's a lot that you can control, there's a lot that you can't control. But I think a lot of the people that I have sat down that have been super impressive that I've grown my network with, mm-hmm. yeah, they all they're all people that typically uh, you can relate to. That um, most of the time are, are pretty humble uh, about how they got to where they got to, and uh, yeah, it just it just makes things feel attainable. It makes sort of things feel like almost anything is possible mm. so yeah i'd say that that's that's one of the things there definitely isn't like a special ingredient no definitely well just just on that very point there i think that's reflected back from you because you're so down to earth so i think that, that having been a listener and a fan for a very long time i've been listening to yours probably the longest in, in terms of out of all the ones out there that you you you're not putting them on a pedestal you're not asking them questions in awe and not, i'm not saying that other people do mm. But I think that your very pragmatic style allows them to feel comfortable to talk just openly and honestly. And I, I totally agree that anything's attainable. Um, and I think your first response actually made made me quote go gave me the goose gave me the goosebumps because I think you're probably right. I think pre pandemic, if you'd have been an outsider looking into our industry, you'd have seen you know absolutely competitive, you know best practice in in silos. But there was very rare occasions where people would openly talk about and share their ideas, you know, maybe apart from being in community groups like TRN and that kind of thing. It was never really advocated. And I think that's where I think we as an industry have shown that actually we are much greater together, working together to harmonize together Mm. to make a much better industry. So I think that if those are your two biggest loans and that bodes very well if that's creating the best industry that we can, which ultimately is what it's about, surely. Yeah, hundred percent. It's what, yes, yeah, what's driven a lot of my ideas, driven what I'm doing at recruitment mentors. But I think one of, one of the beliefs that I have is one of the only ways that you can sort of short skill, uh, shortcut your skill development is by learning from people that have been exactly where you are mm. um, and a couple of steps ahead. And there's so many recruiters that have been where if you're listening right now and you're having a difficult period, you're early on in your career, uh, there's thousands of people that have been in your shoot exact yeah. shoes today and have come out the other side and become top performers, become sort of inspiring leaders, maybe even start their own business. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the more sharing that we could do, um, the more sort of raising of the standards that we could do together. We have more in common than we don't. And I think that's that's mm. really reticent of that. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so I'm interested to know in terms of benchmarking, I don't know what your barrier to entry is, but how do you decide who makes a good mentor for recruitment mentors? And generally, what do you think a good mentor looks like within recruitment specifically? Yeah, we, we've been on a, a bit of a journey, if I'm honest. So I think Obviously, the the name speaks for itself. Our sort of USP and secret source is that all the people, ninety five percent of people that we partner with to to deliver the training on our platform are current top performers. We just found that recruiters are a lot more confident to mm-hmm. consistently spend time on their skill development when they're learning from people that have been there and done it. I yeah. think a lot of recruiters have had training experiences where they found themselves in a room learning from someone that did the job five, ten, fifteen years ago, and that just doesn't quite resonate with people. I think a lot yeah. of people have had poor training experiences and 
found the things that they're learning not current, not not useful for today's market. So that's where the original name um, come from. But what we sort of evolved and we're going to continue to grow up as a as a business is to become um, a, a sort of proper uh, learning. Uh, solution and, and training platform so when we say sort of mentor these are people that have contributed on our platform they've um, contributed uh, in the form of a training session training session could either be a bite-sized session which is up to 30 minutes or it could be a live learning session which people can attend live and it's interactive mm -hmm. so just to be clear on that it isn't there there isn't any sort of mentoring going on or we don't match people it's it's right. basically providing current practical modern training yep. for uh, recruiters to use in today's market mm. uh, so what we've sort of gone for be interested to get what you think but um, what we sort of based it off is first and foremost uh, these are people that have a track record of going from delivery uh, associate whatever and they progress the ranks to head of principal director maybe start their own business one of the great things about our industry is that it's a meritocracy so if they've sort of progressed the ranks in a in one company, maybe two companies over a, a long period of time, then they've got there because they've worked hard and they've over exceeded mm. expectations. So I think the first and most important thing is a track record. Uh, they've worked in the industry for for five plus years um, as a minimum. Uh, they're still doing the job. They're still at the forefront of, of the markets, um, and they're they're like the core the core bits. And then the yeah. other the other part is uh, we want to be known for something that's known for providing education on good consultative recruitment. So all of these people have a background of working in uh, those types of environments rather than transactional recruitment. I think is is the yeah. best way to sort of compare yeah. it to. And and you know I think that in terms of getting my my stance on it, I think that. The, the the learning and development side of recruitment needed disrupting and I'm going to be really um a bit contentious actually because I've got some really good friends who are long-standing trainers and I'm not singling anybody out by the way I'm just saying generally speaking what you have set as your sort of entry point is that these people are doing the job are successful right now with what's working right now in a consultative environment and I think that's that's what aspirational mentoring should be not oh well I was mm. you know 20 years ago I was the top biller it's like well that what was working even two years ago isn't going to be working in two years time so I love that you're keeping it very relevant for now and I, I can see that's why you you know have had such phenomenal growth and success so in terms of you know those listening now who are you know aspiring leaders who maybe you know maybe aren't going to be part of the platform per se what would you say in terms and, and, and sort of I'm tying this in with one of your earlier answers you said that there were the top billers aren't particularly anything special. So, if you were to write a recipe, what would be the ingredients be for a top biller? You know, how do we how do we spot these top billers? How do we know when we're interviewing somebody whether they are going to be a future top biller? <laughs> the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell, you have a contribution to make, an Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally inclusion crowd like the recruiters recruitment podcast has clients all over the world and they specialize in our industry 
what we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. No, yeah, something I've thought a lot about because I'm I'm going to be doing a um, talk at the Recruitment uh, Expo oh. about, yeah, this, basically. I, I still need to, like, flush it all out, but... Um, okay. One of the first questions I ask at the beginning of every single podcast episode is, yeah, what are the characteristics and traits of a highly successful recruiter in today's market? Mm. So I'm going to sort of curate all of the most common answers that, that I get right, because I'm, I'm really interested to see the, the common answers. Mm. But what I'd probably boil it down to uh, is, firstly, uh, how coachable are they? So I think most people that we've partnered with are absolutely obsessed with getting better every single day. Yeah. How can I get 1% better at this? Uh, how can I improve on yesterday? And these are all people that are willing to listen back to their calls. They're willing to look at themselves in the mirror and go, how can I do that better? So mm -hmm. I think the first thing is is coachability. Uh, can they take feedback? Can they be coached? Um, and are they willing to, yeah, sometimes maybe take uh, difficult feedback, but it's all centered around helping them improve. So I think combined with that as well is uh, also, like I just said, just uh, a real uh, willingness to continuously improve. That That is a big part. I think most top performers that I've met uh, always think there's something that they can learn. They, they never think that I've completed recruitment or uh, sort of, yeah, are aware that they don't want to get complacent. So always willing to learn. Uh, and then and then the other things, it's going to be the typical stuff like resilience, bounce back ability, whatever you want to call it. Uh, do they have the ability to yeah take something on the chin? Take like you were just telling me, like you had some setbacks recently. Uh, being able to brush yourself off and and take action and move forward rather than that yeah. you letting that affect you for the rest of the week is obviously a massive thing in uh, yeah. recruitment. Yeah. Um, and then and then I I picked this up recently and I actually really liked it. This won't be relevant for everyone, but I think you've probably met a lot of top performers that had this, but. Recently uh, interviewed someone called Lewis and he said one of the other things that he always looks uh, for is someone that has a point to prove. And I really like that. So it could be I have a chip on my shoulder because I'm entering the industry at 25 years old and this has to work. I have to give it my all. I have mm -hmm. to sort of prove maybe even to others to start that this has to work or just a point to prove. I think <laughs> recruitment's hard. Um, and if you mm -hmm. don't feel like you've got a point to prove or there's something really in it, uh, for you, uh, then there's always going to be an easier option for you to leave the industry and, and go build a career somewhere else. So mm. there's there's some of the things, but uh, yeah, I think you've nailed it. And I'm sorry, I have to just I have to just pause at the I've completed recruitment because that's just made me want to absolutely work myself. That's hilarious. Like <laughs> I've been doing it nearly 25 years, and I I'm not even nearly there. Um, I think to summarize what you said, open mindset, you know, that willingness to learn, um, 
can I also add a couple to the list? Because obviously I have, I mean, I was a top performer. Yeah, I have sure. been a top performer, but I interview a lot of top performers. That's what, I'm a rector at, that's what I do, is I think that they have a sense of curiosity and inquisitiveness that other people maybe don't have. They will ask the mm. questions that other people won't have thought of. That's a really big piece of feedback that I tend to get because they're the ones that are just relentless with that curiosity, almost to the mm. point of... Um, obsession because it's they're continually learning it all ties back into this sort of continuous improvement yeah curiosity is a good one that's a good one and i have to put this out there and you know anyone that thinks you can get to being top billy without doing this it is that willingness to work that little bit harder and that little bit longer yeah work ethic 100%. it's it's just it and it's become a bit of um you know this sort of positive toxicity about you know sitting at your desk we you know we kind of lost that in covid um, and I'm not contradicting all the well-being and mental health sort of prowess that we've all talked about and we've all done to transform the well-being of us generally. But actually, the reality is, if you're sat next to a top biller, they will have put in more hours than anyone else. They will have worked harder and smarter than anyone else. And mm. that's work, work ethic is it? Yeah, about. like. No, I'm I'm completely completely with you on this. I, I did a post about it. Like I, I've you sit down with anyone that's been successful, they've had to make sacrifices and yep. they've had to work hard. Yeah. I think uh, particularly on obviously we're going into sort of online social dynamics right now, but like my a lot of the time, a lot of the people we were sort of preaching the work-life balance or a huge yeah. sort of noises around it oftentimes yeah. are people that have been successful um, and I just find that interesting right they're they're sort of talking from a perspective <laughs> of like well I've now got my money I've now achieved the things that I want so yeah work-life balance is really important but don't ask me how much time I had to sacrifice for spending time with my kids Absolutely. and these things right um but Definitely. I think I think also it's just like mm. obviously yeah in today's world it's very easy to want the things um and to see leisha's uh life on instagram and it looks like she's built a great business and these things are oh, i want that like that's what i want my friends who are my age have got that like i deserve that absolutely deserve that but don't think for a second have to work hard for it mm -hmm. so i think that that is the challenge of like wanting it comes down to what you want at the end of the day what you want to achieve mm -hmm. if you want to be a 500 grand 800 grand biller mm -hmm. i guarantee you that requires work ethic and uh, you will struggle uh, extremely uh, to achieve that if yeah you finish on time every single day you work a four-day working week despite how smart you might work yeah. Work ethic is, is part of the recipe. What Hisham just said, absolutely. Because we get a lot, I know we've got probably very similar listener profiles. It's a lot of people that are entry level. What you've just said there is in bucket loads, 100%. Mm. How excited are you about chat GPT? <laughs> yeah, we've been sort of playing around this. I know that was one of the things. So like for me, I just think it's all about, tech's all about enabling you to be better or enabling you yeah. to innovate or enabling you to do more of the job that you're better at mm. so yeah I, I think it's just like I think the one of the best things that you could do is yeah like don't be that person uh who is like just sort of shut down from things experiment try it uh yeah it's, it's, it's worth doing I think one of the most common things that I heard sort of people speak about on my conversations recently is could we use chat gpt to format rcvs and that's the perfect type of innovation uh to look at it rather than yeah i don't need to get into the conversation of is it going to replace this replace that it's more about how it can enable us enable. to do more of the job that we're better at that's what yeah. it's all about you definitely need to sort of copyright that because that's exactly how i see it as well it's not a threat to us it's about how it enables us to be better at what we do and in terms of the human interaction so obviously a large part of what i do is ensuring that our listeners uh, who are particularly in the leadership capacity are sort of learning from our guests to make sure that they're keeping their staff 
and their teams engaged, retained and happy and sort of developing further. So what do you think that what's the single most thing that they need to be doing this next year, couple of years to ensure that they are keeping their teams retained and happy? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, so a couple of things on this because I thought about this and hopefully this will be um, valuable. So I think the first thing, the word that I use is clarity. So if you're a leader right now and you have consultants in your team, if you were to uh, pull each individual one of them in the room and say to them, uh, do you know how you get to your next promotion? Uh, if they can't answer that with complete clarity and conviction, then you've got some work to do. Yep. So I think firstly, clarity on career pathways and progression. As you'll know, everyone wants progression. Everyone wants to feel like they're going in the right direction. So the first thing is, as a leader, have you made it as clear as possible for your consultants to know and understand how they get to the next step? How are they moving forward? Is that done on the number of deals they need to do? Is it done on billings that they do? But you need to have complete clarity on your, your consultants need to have complete clarity on how they move forward and how they progress their career, firstly. Then I think the the other part to it, besides having the clarity in the career pathways, and I think on that, actually, sorry, just side note, I think what's really important is spoken to quite a lot of top performers recently. We were talking the top performers in an entire company, an organization of 30, 50 size recruitment agency, and they have felt that can progress their careers management and leadership that is one of the quickest ways to lose some of your your best performers and top performers mm. so you absolutely need to build out a career pathway for Alicia the recruiter that does not want to go into management a lot of people don't like it a lot of people mm. don't enjoy it despite yeah. how much training they get they don't have the patience they don't want to do it and that's absolutely fine so I think if you make your top performers feel like the only way that they can move forward progress is through management um yeah you're going to lose people so mm. I think make sure that you've got clear career pathways for management obviously, but also yeah. for people that uh, maybe want to end up in a, as a director, but uh, don't want to be managing people. They maybe uh, get involved in the strategic vision of the company. They might get involved in um, yeah parts of the business development strategy or just how else can we play yeah, to right. their strengths and have a clear career pathway for people that isn't leadership. So I think, yeah, career pathways, clarity is, is really important. And then the other part, just because this is what I speak to a lot of companies about, is um, if you completely rely on your consultants to solely learn on the job, and learn on the pitch 100% of the time, they will go elsewhere at some <laughs> point. 
Yeah. So, and, and this is really common. Um, so I think, yeah, like don't just rely on uh, your guys to solely learn on the job uh, to improve. So some of the things that you, you can do that you might be missing right now is you need to create an intentional space for your consultants to learn, either weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, create an intentional space um, to learn. And the reason why this is so important is if you are a leader and you have an experienced leadership team, that means you've probably got a bunch of great experience in your four walls. So yeah. we want to make sure that everyone is getting the most out of that and utilizing it. So if you're just sort of, if you just feel like, well, yeah, my girls, uh, guys and girls coming up to me, ask about these things, that that's the wrong way to sort of approach it because that requires a lot of courage uh, for people to ask for help, Absolutely. to seek for help. So one of the easiest ways that you can do, and we've helped a bunch of our customers, um, integrate this in their working weeks or um, uh, every other week. And it's been really impactful where like create an intentional space to to learn, call it a round table, call it a group learning session, whatever. And you get into a room together and you share best practice. You share what's working, you share your challenges and what that enables you to do as an experience, as, a, as an experienced leader and a person um, in that business is to help more people at once firstly, but to make sure that your experience and the challenges that you've been through um, other people can learn from mm. rather than just on an individual basis, Hoping that people ask for help. So I think the other part is use your experience in your four walls, create an intentional space to learn. Don't just rely on your people to learn solely on the job. Cause I think if you do that, they will be looking elsewhere to think that they've got another, there's another platform, another business that could help me get to where I want to, but you might have the experience in your organization to actually help get these people to where they got to, but you're just, yeah, I appreciate leadership, uh, leadership teams are spread thin. They are typically, um, yeah, have their own number, have their own performance. So I understand. But one of the the easy wins that you could do is create that intentional space to learn. And, and that's been a real so. big positive for a lot of our customers. I absolutely love that. And I tell you, if you're not doing any of those things, your staff are going to be calling me or the likes mm. of me. It's as simple as that, because that is why they call a rector out. That is why people become disenchanted. They become, they just feel totally disconnected. And actually you can create, I love this intentional space. It's, that's just feels so collaborative and, you know, easy to do, obviously working mm -hmm. with partners like yourself, but you could also create internal champions. Just think about the internal sort of customer that you've got there. Somebody that's particularly good at selling retainers, somebody that's really amazing at getting stuff on your database, somebody that's brilliant at writing blogs or doing TikTok, whatever it might be, you can create internal champions. You've got all the all the collateral there potentially. So I, I love all those insights, but I knew, I knew that award because of the people that you're speaking to. It must just feel such an honourable position to be in, Hisham. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel super privileged. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you pinch yourself every day. Can we just uh, say a particular well done to your puppy who is not on screen or in audio, but has behaved impeccably yeah, in his little cage. in his crate, yeah. Oh, he nearly came on, guys, but we decided that it was probably best not to. But thank you so much. I'm, and this is just going to be nugget after nugget, and we know how busy you are. So thank you so much for making time for our audience today and joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast.